0: Doug Tyrrell, History and Comment is available on iTunes. Hello friends, I'm Doug Tyrrell. This is History and Comment for Thursday, the 8th day of June, 2023. You may want to pause and go get a cup of coffee or a soda. This has the makings of a very long program. Attila the Hun invades the northern provinces of Italy in a push to take Rome. This was in the year 452. The Huns were a nomadic people, maybe more of Asian descent, that lived around the modern country of Hungary. Who would have thought? There was a strange balance between Rome, the Huns, and the Germanic people more to the northwest. The Vikings make their first recorded incursion into England in 793. We talked the other day about the Mount Pinatubo volcanic eruption. In 1783, the Lakey Volcano in Iceland begins an eight-month event that will be comprised of large lava flows interspersed with the venting of highly sulfurous gases. It causes a hotter-than-normal summer and colder winter around the globe. It was reported the Mississippi River froze at New Orleans, and ice flows were reported in the Gulf of Mexico. Commercially, Ice cream is advertised for the first time in 1786. This was in New York City. James Madison introduces 12 amendments to the U.S. Constitution in 1789. In fact, Madison and others saw the document was in trouble of failure unless the states were assured the people would be protected from a powerful government. Madison crafted 17, they were reworked into 12, and 10 would be ratified. We know them today as the Bill of Rights. One of the others was essentially incorporated in the 27th Amendment, and the 12th dealt with a number of members in the House and the early census. It has become moot. President Theodore Roosevelt signs the Antiquities Act in 1906, which will restrict the use of certain parcels of public land with historical or conservation values. This allows the president to create national monuments. Roosevelt created 18. President Obama was the most prolific, creating 26 and expanding 9 more. Some have been removed. Others converted to national parks. Today, there are 131 national monuments. Most are managed by the National Park Service. George Orwell was the pen name of Englishman Eric Blair. In 1949, his futurist description of a totalitarian regime 1984, is published. The book should be required reading for all high school students and adults. Much of it is nearly prophetic or a keen observation of Russian society at the time. Blair was opposed to the extreme but inclined to support democratic socialism. Sadly, the latter evolves into the former. Blair did not have the benefit of political events after he published his work. 1984 should be paired with his other work, Animal Farm, which is along similar lines. The surf music duo Jan and Dean releases the single The Little Old Lady from Pasadena in 1964. In 1966, the National Football League and the upstart American Football League agree to merge. It will take effect with the 1970 season. It seems to be a bad day of the year for Japan. There are two mass stabbings on this date, one in 2001 and another in 2008. While this is certainly tragic, it should serve as an example. The issue is not about guns. Japan has a very strict gun law. Only the police and military may own a rifle or handgun. And if you have a license for a shotgun or pellet gun, each shell or pellet must be accounted for. Yet the two events are responsible for 15 deaths and 25 injuries. And there have been other mass casualty events in the island nation, one with sarin gas. If people want to do bad things, they will find a way. FBI Chief James Comey testifies to a Senate committee that President Trump told lies plain and simple. That was six years ago. We are just now learning the extent of the corruption that is the Federal Bureau of Investigation. The facts now appear that Trump was telling the truth and Comey was lying, plain and simple. Folks, this idea that a police function of the federal government can go to the lengths they have to control an election is beyond belief and frankly lowers our standing as a power for justice and right. There is an adage that fools rush in where angels fear to tread. I think four just left the room. I do not live in a bubble and I see and read comments and reactions to, quote, pride events and social media posts. Let me be crystal clear. The issues here have to be handled on two levels. I address this from a strong Christian worldview. One is how we treat an individual. That needs to universally be in compassionate, forgiving love. I have serious issues when we try to elevate this sin above others. I could go into a couple of Bible studies on this point alone. The key point is that sin is where we are self-centered and not looking to God for forgiveness. Our fullness, whether we be Mother Teresa or Hitler, takes us fathoms away from God. That can only be restored by God's works and not ours. Go back and read the parable of the two debtors. We owe an amount we could not pay and yet were forgiven. Our mandate is to show that level of forgiveness, plain and simple. If you have a gay friend or relative, this might be a good time to invite them over for a cookout. The entire issue of sexual relations, and by extension sin, is one of the most difficult concepts for us to fathom. James Dobson has remarked that he has no idea why God created mankind as he did, making this so deep into our fabric. Steve Brown is a Presbyterian minister with a radio program and a radio voice to die for. He is hardly mainstream in a lot of his thinking. One of his programs discussed the matter, and the consensus was that the trifecta of God and a man and woman in a biblical marriage and intimacy might be the highest form of worship. That statement just shocked my more fundamentalist friends. However, I think he has something there. The Judeo-Christian view of marriage, and by extension sexual relations, is nearly unique across time and cultures. The idea that marriage should be one man and one woman in a lifetime commitment and any sexual acts outside of that marriage is against God and His ideal. That said, If a pastor is flirting with the organist, he should not be too quick to condemn the rainbow flag. Likewise, if you are on your fourth marriage and have kids all over the place, I highly suggest you go back and slowly read the parable I referenced, before quickly condemning Pride Month as demonic. Yes, that is hard preaching, but it is well within Scripture. Let's be perfectly clear. The entire subject is hard to grasp. It's not a realm where we have open teaching or discussions. At the same time, it is deep into the psyche. I'm not so delusional to think that there is a simple answer to what is the cause. As I mentioned, it's not simply genetic. There are some genetic factors. It's also not merely a matter of choice. It is similar to why a person likes certain foods or why some folks like motorcycles or certain sports. You did not wake up one day and say, I like broccoli. Of course, the cause is extremely complex with a myriad of factors. That is a weak example, but consider your personality. What made it what it is? That would be quite close. If you know that alcohol makes you violent and you wish to modify that, then you have a choice. A tough choice, but it's within your control. The second angle I want to address to my friends who are celebrating this month, most of us cannot come to understand. You have difficulty explaining how you got where you are, and we cannot either. It does very little to simply proclaim, It's how I am. Now, it might be a fair answer, but a poor explanation, and does little to further understanding. We cannot ignore the elephant in the room. No matter your feelings, there are actions that have a moral component. I will make a hard distinction between the feelings and the resultant actions. One is immoral and one is not. If you are gay and celibate, there is no moral issue. Now, where it gets sticky, beyond the individual, there is an overarching movement that was birthed at least back in the 1960s. We want free sex without consequences. No constraints. This is the genesis of the no-fault divorce and the entire abortion movement. Sorry, but they are related. When the issues of gays moved into the public debate, the selling point was, we want tolerance, then marriage. That point alone is quite complex. Today, the debate is an outright assault on the idea of a nuclear family. Everything but is included. And that everything is getting more extreme by the moment. While the extremes might be gratifying for the individual, it's not good for society as a whole. It might be offensive, but anytime you see a society where sex is at the center, it is a society in its death throes. Should I point out that the debate is now centered on drag queen story hours and gender transitions? We see parents' rights being usurped if a minor wants an abortion or gender surgery. Folks... When most of us see the rainbow flag in Proclamation of Pride Month, that is what we see, the full spectrum of actions, and that is exactly what all of the colors on that flag stand for. The argument years ago of where do we draw the line if we start down this path has proven to be precisely what has happened. The most extreme realms are now being suggested, and that involves minors too young to make an informed decision or comprehend the actions. To my gay friends, I would caution you about jumping on the bandwagon and ask yourself, what message do you really want to broadcast? The conversation is about being non-binary, but from my perspective, the discussion is rather binary. Hetero versus everything else. And I do mean everything. That's history and comment for the 8th day of June. I'm Doug Tyrrell. Now go do something worth remembering.